This is a HeadGum Podcast. Now let's start the show. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is How to Survive Monogamy. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, a new dating app for people who want to take their time to get to know each other, and 10 things to know about open marriages. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. He's a former couples therapist and a current teacher at the Hoffman Institute, who is also the host of the podcast Elephant Talk, which features stories from different couples. Please welcome to the podcast, Andy Horning. Thank Hi. you. Great to be here, you yeah. guys. We're so excited to have you so Thank we can uh, do a free couples therapy session. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've tricked you. Yes, we <laughs> have tricked you. Uh, Andy, first, how did you decide to become a couples therapist? Well, I used to teach U.S. history, and uh, I always was telling the students to close their books. How are you doing? Let's talk about your family. Let's talk about your mom and dad. How are they getting along? And I realized, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm in the wrong profession here. Mm -hmm. But I just love talking about relationships. I love it. And and people don't talk about it much or don't know how to talk about it. I think it's that they don't know how. Yeah, we spend a lot of time talking about relationships. Right. But yeah, it's... It's a touchy subject. Well, it's easy to complain about a relationship, I guess, but not to have like a calm conversation. Right. Yeah. Well, all relationships have growth edges. Like they all have this issue that they're working on. So that's how I like to share about it. Like what's, what's your thing mm -hmm. that you struggle with that you're getting better at? Hmm. I, I see a ring on your finger. So I take it you are, you are married. I am. How did... Did, were you already married when you decided to become a couples therapist or how did it affect your dating relationship life? Well, that's part of the reason I have the kind of show I have now, which is called Elephant Talk, because in the world of advice versus being in a relationship, there's this huge difference because how people talk about relationships is much different than how they are in those relationships. So I was a therapist before I got married. And I'd love to tell other people how to do it. And then I got married and I was like, oh, God, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> Welcome to our life. Yeah. Those who can't do teach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so interesting. But I'm sure like being in being married probably helped you learn a lot of things about action. It's like so much easier to tell somebody what to do, but then to actually follow that advice is so much harder. It is. And you probably like learned a lot about that while I being, did. being married. I became a better husband through being a, a couples therapist. And probably vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. What's the first thing that you ask people when they come to you? I generally say like, what just happened? What was the impetus? What, what motivated you to be here? And generally one person is comfortable and has the kind of status quo approach, like they're fine the way things are. And the other person is sort of the change agent, and they're the person that wants something different. So oftentimes that person will speak first. Is there something that's like pretty common being the, the reason that brings people to you? Well, you know, it's generally it could be sex, not enough, not frequent enough, not good enough. What is normal? I've like Googled their sex. We've read studies on this. Like, I feel like friends are not honest about this. Is there a normal? Is there a normal? I, I, I think I've, because I've Googled it too and checked it out and done some research. And I think about once a week or once every 10 days, four, 13 days, almost. But but you wonder, like, wait a minute, who are they asking? And, and are those people that are responding being honest? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It It's generally... Does it satisfy the couple? Does it work for them? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm feeling good. A little above average for me. <laughs> it depends on the month. <laughs> for you. <laughs> depends on the month. So wait, I'm curious though. I like you're like, you're like, it's not that it depends on the week. You're like, depends on the month <laughs> yeah. for my average. <laughs> so then, all right. So if a couple comes to you and they're not having as much sex as they would like, whatever that 
amount is. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them? What what should the people do? Well, you know, I'll often <laughs> I'm asking for, for a the, friend for our listeners for a friend. <laughs> well, I'll <laughs> I'll often ask him like, what does sex mean? It's not about what position are you doing or you know how quickly do you ejaculate it's more like what does it mean to you like for some people it means connection for some people it means safety for some people it means like being alive so you try and get to what's underneath it and the core needs underneath it and then you talk from that place Mm -hmm. people can agree a lot more on that and their needs can be met i think for me it's like all the above it's everything. Yeah, it makes me feel alive. <laughs> no <safe>. pressure. <laughs> and like definitely connected. Yeah. What about yeah. you? I, well, I feel like I have all those things outside of sex. So I think for me, it's just like purely like kind of like being desired. Oh, right? yeah. Being wanted. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge too. I'm so glad you said that because it's yeah. like, 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 like me. Like, yeah. think I'm hot. Exactly. Like, want me. Yeah, right. like, it's rip, like rip really my, shallow. You're like, rip, rip my <laughs> clothes off. That's not shallow, that's real. <laughs> but like, it's okay. But, but yeah, it is. You want to be real. desired in life. Yeah. Amen. Hmm. What do you think are the biggest cultural myths about what a normal relationship looks like? Oh my God. I think part of it is we struggle with falling in love and this marital industrial complex that things are going to be fantastic and there's no fights. That's why I love your show because you guys just lay it on the line. Like, here's the deal. And I think people don't talk about it. You know, like when problems come up, something must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-oh, we got to go see a therapist. And part of what we need to do is just talk about it because your problems are probably similar to the things that are going on in my marriage. I mean, it's a, it's very common. Yeah, probably you interviewing all different couples on your podcast, you probably see lots of similarities and themes. Like we get a lot of the same questions from yeah. listeners when it comes to dating. And at some point you're like, okay, a lot of people are feeling this way, but everybody feels so alone when they feel that certain way. And we always say all of our advice really boils down to the same thing. It's always like communicate and follow your instincts. Which is so hard to do though. Well, yeah. It's so hard to do. That's why I love the word courage. Because this takes courage, like put yourself out there and so much of dating is like pretending and puffing up and trying to show only your good side. I was thinking about this because the world of dating often has very little to do with once you're in the relationship. It's this dating is a skill in a way, but that skill, once you get in the relationship, is no longer useful. It's Mm -hmm. true. It's crazy. Yeah. And then once you're in a relationship for a long time, you like you actually this is one of your things that you talk about a lot is that there it just gets kind of boring. There's a daily tedium. <laughs> yeah. Um and what do you say to people that like are dealing with that? Like how how should you handle that? How do you avoid getting bored? Yeah. Well, I think what I often get to is that if you're bored yourself, you're going to be boring and bored in the relationship. So what what makes you come alive? And helping people like be present and alive in their own lives, and then their relationships generally get better. But sometimes our expectations are too high. I fell in love with you, I married you, or I'm in love with you now, and therefore you should meet all my needs. You should provide all these things. Our expectations around intimate partnership, crazy high. So there's often a fall off from that. And once people get a decent, realistic understanding, then that's a beginning. Like you got to take care of your own needs in this relationship. It's interesting that you bring that up because that's one of the things that we realize in our own relationship for dating. And it's a huge parallel with when you are in a relationship, like with dating, Angela met, you met Ian, when you were, you had finally felt creatively fulfilled outside of your job and you were doing something that you thought was, that was finally like very fulfilling and interesting to you. Yeah. And you were like fulfilling that excitement like in your own life. I had a confidence that was like growing because I was passionate about something I was doing. It had nothing to do. It didn't, I didn't have to depend on another person. It was purely like my own thing that I was excited about and that was attractive to another person. Nice. And I feel the same way for me too. Right. Yeah. When, when I met Nick, I, at that point I had like 
two full-time jobs. I was like so wrapped up in things, like had all these extracurriculars I was doing. So I was very excited and interested in my own life. And I feel like that kind of gets lost sometimes when you've been in a relationship so long. You like want to spend time with the person and these other things right. that you were doing, they kind of like start to drop off. And before you know it, you're just your whole life becomes that relationship and you it's it is. It's like right. losing a part of your identity. And you a little become bit. one of those people that can't do anything without their boyfriend and i and i oh because i was single for so long before i met nick i saw that so many times and i would have like girls nights and they and i would have friends that would drag their boyfriends along and and whatever they wanted us to like you know meet the guy or bond with them and all that kind of stuff and i was like can we just like have a girls night so that was something that i witnessed so many times that i made it a point that i was not going to be that girl so like i'm i'm like kind of the instigator a lot in my friendships of hey girls movie nights like hey there's this event happening hey like why don't we go to this thing so i'm always trying to do things just with my friends and have like outside things i'm doing just because i don't want to be that person i feel like it's better for my relationship too just feed yourself outside of the relationship and that'll feed the relationship itself Hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, this topic today is how to survive monogamy, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it later when we get into the news stories. But I was curious your take on monogamy. Like, what is your take on open marriages? Do you think lifelong monogamy is realistic? There's been like a lot of talking about open relationships. It's like a hot topic right now. Yes. There was just a big article in the in the New York Times. And did you read that? that I piece? didn't. I'm yeah. gonna have to check it I'll out. I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, you know, it is, we've interviewed a bunch of couples on the podcast about it, and it's amazing how well people do. Because initially I thought, oh, that's too hard. No way. No way. It's just too hard. And I mean, it's like I compared it to like playing at the $5 blackjack table and saying, no, let's go up to the $100 blackjack table because it's a risk. It's a, you know. Yeah. It's there's lots of jealousy, lots of challenges. It could go really great, and it could like fulfill your excitement, or it could go haywire. really south. Yeah, yep. and you could like ruin your entire foundation. Yeah, I think anybody can imagine like themselves being able to like handle it, like be like, I could date other people, but still love my partner. But it's the part where you can't control what your partner's doing that I think that's where things kind of fall apart. Yeah, there's a lot of surrender there. So, you know, if you do it intentionally, like I'm going to really open up to the fact that I can't control what you're doing and and be titillated by that and really open up to that, well, then you can do it. But it's challenging. Lots of trust. In a way, it's it's forcing a couple to build more trust between the two of them. But so you've met couples who have been successful in open marriage. Yeah, yeah. They they one couple calls it monogamy with guest stars. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I love that. See, but that's such a you by saying guest star, you know that they're never going to become like a series regular. You know, right. but in real life, you don't know what can happen. They, the guest star all of a sudden... the Could get the lead in the show. Yeah, right all of a sudden the audience reacting really well to this guest star and uh, they're bumped up to series regular before you even realized it. And then yeah. you become the guest star rather yeah. than the oh, regular. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. Uh, is there one piece of advice that you wish you could tell every couple or that you hear yourself saying over and over very frequently? Yeah, here's what I would say is that um, talk about your stuff and talk about it sooner rather than later and talk about it with yourself, you know, like have a dialogue with yourself about what you're dealing with. Talk about it with your partner. Talk about it with friends. And the other thing is talk about it couple to couple. I know in my own life that the times I've sat down with my wife and with another couple and we share, it's not like, you're three drinks in and you're like, you know, I'm going to bring up this issue, honey. You're always doing that. It's more like, God, what do you guys struggle with? Because Oh, that's interesting. And you have these. I've never done that. Me either. I was just thinking Give it a try. It's like a little, it's such a vulnerable place to be. And you feel judged like other people are going to look at your relationship different. Because in like an Instagram era, everybody feels like they've got this like, oh, everybody else has this perfect relationship. And like, you know, we fight over this and that. But oh, I don't think that like, you know, Jenny and, and, you know, Abe fight or, you know, and you maybe they do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they do. It's, It's normal. How can two people come together? share life and not have some disagreement so you could set it up beforehand but i guarantee you if you share 
maybe the husband or the guy connects with something that you struggle with, and maybe the woman connects with your husband. So there's this like cross pollination. And then you guys become swingers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or that's, yeah, there you go. Because everybody has it. And, and, the problem is, is that we're not talking about it, so we're isolated. There's these like couple pods all over the world, and nobody's really talking about it, and we're suffering in silence. So who's going to go first and share that, uh-oh, I struggle with this? Do you and, want to put a date on the calendar? I don't know if for, I could. You mean you Nick, and Ian? You, Nick and Ian? <laughs> just oh. get together. And... Nick will love that. Unload. He's a very private person. I don't think Nick Nick would not like me sharing our disagreements. What about if we ask Nick? What do you, let, let him go first so that he gets to share stuff you guys struggle with. Um, I don't think he would. He... I'm looking over. He's in the room right now. He doesn't have to do it on live on a podcast. Right. Yeah. It's just with one other couple. No, well, I did a podcast with Nick. Angela was out of town in DC and it was just Nick and I. She he co-hosted nice. for Angela. Yeah. How was that? It was great, but because the mic was in front of his face, <laughs> I was able to ask him all of these questions that we don't talk about when there's no mic for whatever reason, like putting him on the hot spot with a mic in front of his face got him to open up and nice. I'll, and I was able to ask a lot of questions that in normal life when we're having dinner and I'll ask some like, I don't know, cheesy relationshipy question like, "Oh, when do you know you love me?" and like, "Uh," uh he he'd be like, "Oh, come on. Why are you asking that?" or like brush me off, but I feel like I got him to open up with the mic. So maybe this idea of doing a couple to couple, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Give it a try. Could, you know, maybe your listeners get a sense of how to do it because there's so much advice out there. There's so many people uh, chirping about what to do, but there's so few people talking about being in relationship. So I think that's what we need more of. Yeah, I agree. I had I had drinks with a friend who was visiting in town and we're talking and like, you know, looking on Instagram or hearing I think like, oh God, they, they've got such a good, great, their relationship's like perfect. They must not fight over anything and like he's so supportive of her and oh, she's like cooking up all these meals that I could never know how to cook and like she's a perfect wife and he's a perfect husband. He makes her laugh and I'm seeing all these videos and then we're talking and she kind of like opened Opened up and she's like oh no like when i when we fight i like sometimes want to kill him like i fantasize about like divorce all the time and i'm like oh, <laughs> oh wow and i'm like okay so like and she's like you know she wouldn't really doesn't really want to do that and they they do have a they do have a perfect relationship is the thing it's just it would be they're not like an it's just not, she wants to kill him. no it's not in like a stepford way you right. know it's, it's like redefining it's, what perfect it's is. redefining right. what perfect is and i realize like they do have a perfect relationship and just the fact that she'll like sometimes fantasize about divorce i'm like i'm like oh it's like in weak moments when they're fighting i'm like oh but but that's fine <laughs> they are happy they're happy 95 percent of the time and yeah. they're and they're normal you know and here's the problem is that we start sort of judging ourselves in our marriage like oh god we just fought we must something must be wrong yeah no nothing's wrong you're just trying to figure it out like cut yourself some slack yeah give yourselves a break you're going through normal stuff yeah I think that's probably comforting to it a lot of people to hear. To know that it's pretty standard to want to divorce slash stab your. <laughs> I, I did not say stab. That was on you. I don't know what <laughs> your whatever, fantasies whatever are. Whatever means of murder. Oh, okay. All right. Watch out, Ian. Hide the knives. <laughs> um, all right. You guys ready to talk about what's in the news? Yeah. Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Okay, so I was reading Mashable, a piece by Rachel Thompson. She's reporting on a new dating app for people that want to take it slow. It's called Appentence. Um, it's free on iTunes if you guys want to download it. And it forces people to talk to each other before they can see each other's profile picture. Okay, so it's like kind of like taking it slow, but also trying to take the superficiality out of online right. dating. And then for every interaction that you have, you rate it. And then um, you have to reach, I think, what is it? Like a certain number of like thumbs ups. And then you get more and more information about the person. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like the antidote to uh, the fast wiping of Tinder. It's like a little video game where if you play it right, you get more points. <laughs> and oh, you that's power true. power up. That's true. Yeah. See, I don't know. I have a, I think I have a different opinion about online dating. It gets a lot of flack for being superficial and only being about 
the pictures and all that stuff. But I just don't, I still truly believe, how is that any different from walking into a bar, seeing a hot chick or seeing a hot guy and deciding to approach them? It's still superficial. And then you talk to them, you like get a sense of their body language and their aura and you're either into it or you're not. And you continue the conversation or, or someone asks for somebody's number. And let's think, how is that any different than like swiping? It's a little quicker, but like you still are like, you're basically swiping when you like, I 50 people at a bar, you're like swiping left, swiping left. You're scanning the bar, swiping left, swiping left, scanning the bar, swiping left. And then you see a cute guy and then you swipe right and decide to approach. I like it. It's a first impression. Yeah. Do you, do you disagree? I, well, okay. So I think initially you're right. It's not different, but then I think it's like the rate at which you are able to swipe and like just the access you have to so many people. It like just conditions you to have no attention span for maybe people. to continue that analogy maybe it's like going into the bar and saying okay all the women line up and i'm gonna right which is not what you in, do right stand in front of me and i'm gonna say yes no yes no 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 that's yes. a good point i don't know what do you what do you think of tinder i think it's efficient like <laughs> it, it works do you have a lot of couples that have met online do you, do you notice like a difference in how successful relationships are depending on how they met no i feel like there's never really been a study on that that would be great because it's still so new like i would love to know the statistics of successful marriages based on whether they met in person or met online or on an app uh, i think part of tinder is not getting together to actually create a long-term relationship it's more to, to hang out do I have that wrong? Well, unfortunately, I think That's a lot of stigma. people have different expectations um, and problems happen when you meet somebody that doesn't have the same expectations as you. Kind of like what you were saying yeah. earlier, but about uh, long-term relationships. Right. Just a couple so. days ago, we interviewed uh, this woman who has started her own dating site, and it's called Meet Mindful, and it's all about um, doing it in a more you know, meaningful, soulful way. So that's not so superficial. But one of their questions is, what are you working on in your life? So like, so you get a sense of like what you do, like, what do you care about? Yeah. What do you care about and what's important to you? And Oh, I kind of thought you meant like, kind of like, what are you working on in therapy? Yeah. Like what's an (laughs) issue that you're working Uh, with? Oh, Oh, that that is the question. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What's an issue that you're working to be better at in your life? You know, I mean, everything, my whole soul and, (laughs) Me as a human moving through the complicated world that That's we what live you would in. Write. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, I'm going to run. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like there's like a trend of more mindful dating apps. Kind of this falls into that category, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. Are you a mindful person yourself? Like, are you a meditation kind of yoga person i try i mean i'm not like i live in boulder colorado so that's so yes. where a lot of that <laughs> but i'm not like oh my god let's sit down and sit for an hour and yeah and, have a drum circle yeah and get naked and have a drum circle <laughs> yeah i am in a men's group we talk about relationship i would say that's the one big difference between nick and i we have so many things that our interests cross over in but like i'm very much like i like you know, do a lot of yoga, do meditation. I'm always looking at ways to like self-improve, like do ayahuasca, whatever I can do to get better and evolve more as a human. He, at least now where he's at in his life is not interested in any of these things. I keep hoping maybe <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day. Well, you know, people You'll rub off people, people evolve. That was actually a question that I, I had for you in terms of like long lasting relationships, because I I was reading a study the other week. This is kind of a tangent from our new stories, but I was reading a a study the other week about um, divorces. And most of the time it's not over big fundamental things. Normally the, the most common reason is, Oh, we grew apart. And it's, you know, I think about how different I am now. I'm 31. I'm, I really believe I'm like a different human than I was when I was 21. So imagine like, I, I don't know who I'm going to be when I'm 41 and like, who knows who Nick will be. I don't know. He's, he's a little bit more like level headed, but it's like kind of scary to not even know who you're going to be, let alone the other person. What is your take on like tools of how, how do you grow together versus growing apart? That is a great question. I mean, too often what ends up happening is like you stay the same and I'll stay the same because it's too scary to do anything else. And we might grow apart. 
But and so then couples end up like sucking the oxygen out of their relationship and it withers and dies. I mean, and when you're so worried about not changing, then it's kind of doing the other thing that you talked about, which is you're not being fulfilled and having your own life and individuality because you're, you know, if you're so worried about changing, you're not going to try to do exciting things in your life, which also could lead to uh, your relationship falling apart. Yeah. And you're also probably resenting the other person. So there kind of is no option. You have to change. That's what I say is like, go for it. Live your life. Go forth into the world and grow and learn and change. And I think most people find that if they're both growing together on their own path, then there's lots of inspiration that comes. Like, look at you. You just you just went to therapy and learned this thing or you had this courageous conversation with your mom or you you look at you in your career. You are so inspiring. And so you took up ceramics. Cool. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> you tried this new hobby. It probably keeps probably when you are changing, you're a little worried that you're going to like change and grow apart and become different than your partner. But you're also still staying interesting because you're you're not the same person. There's no way to get bored of somebody that's constantly changing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're evolving. Yeah. I always find that very interesting. Um, huh. Well, cool. this app sounds cool, Angel. What's yeah. it called again? Uh, it's called a pentent. A pen. Sorry. A pet tense. I'm just going to spell it for you. A-P-P-E-T-E-N-C-E. <laughs> they they got to work on their name. I'm sure this is going to be like a I, yeah, the Facebook, Facebook I, issue where I'm like halfway sure. through it's going to change. Yeah, I don't, I don't know like what it's supposed to mean, if it's like a pun of some kind that I'm not getting, but it sounds great. Anyway, <laughs> Laura, what are you reading about? I've been reading Cosmo. Sexy. This is an article by Laura Beck, but she's basically recapping an article that I, that I mentioned that was like this huge, I don't know, like 20,000 word piece in the New York Times by Susan Dominguez that's you know, blowing up and on, on the internet. Right. But we're millennials. We like things in bite sizes. Exactly. So this is like 10 things to know about open marriages. Uh, so Susan Mingus wrote this piece that explored the concept of open marriages, something more and more people are doing, but don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about. So she recapped the misconceptions and, uh, kind of highlighted the article. So I thought I would share it. So one thing that maybe people don't realize is they think of open relationships and they think of it like, Oh, it means, it means uh, you date whoever you want, and that's all it means. But one thing the article talked about was that it can mean many things arrangement-wise. This can include one-night stands with people outside the Amer- outside the marriage or even ongoing relationships. Sometimes the husband meets the wife's boyfriend. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you're allowed to have boyfriends. Sometimes that is a big no-no, no emotional thing. I'm sure you uh, you probably have, have, talking to different couples, have realized that it means many things. It does, yeah. Do we bring someone in on a permanent basis and it's the three of us or all kinds of arrangements mm-hmm. where, where it can go south is, okay, so when it can be about gender, like, okay, you, you had your fling, now it's my turn. And then it's like, well, I mean, I just worked with a couple recently where that was the issue. He had been able to explore outside and she supported him. And then when it was her turn, he didn't realize he was surprised by it. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know about this. And she's like, but wait a minute. Yeah, but hi- yeah that's hypocrite. Hypocrite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot yeah. of people would find themselves being being hypocrites in, in this situation. Yeah. Um, so here's one thing that I found. This was one quote that I found interesting. This is by Tammy Nelson, a sex and couples therapist in New Haven, Connecticut. She said, the new monogamy is, baldly speaking, the recognition that for an increasing number of couples, marital attachment involves a more fluid idea of connection to the primary partner than is true of the, quote, old monogamy. So within this new notion of monogamy, each partner assumes that the other is and will remain the main attachment. So you got your your main relationship, but the outside attachments of one kind or another are allowed as long as they don't threaten the primary connection. The key last sentence there, as long as they don't threaten the primary connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what you were saying, Angela, is like, how do you know something's not going to get mean, threatened? I yeah, you can't control that. You can't see the future. But yeah, I find, I find that interesting. A lot of, I guess a lot of people don't like the phrase open relationship. So instead they're calling this the new monogamy no we're still monogamous 
we are still each other's partner. It's just a more fluid idea of what that means. I found that really interesting. You also wonder, was this, you know, is this the kind of thing that's been happening all along anyway? And now we're finally talking about it. I mean, infidelity rates and percentages are, are high. People have done this, always have been. For different centuries and like in different cultures, it means different things. And, you know, men are allowed to have multiple women on the side. And there was always like harems, but you had your big, your wife. And this has been happening for thousands of years, right? Can I just ask you guys a question? Because this Mm -hmm. is the thought that came up to me is this is like the more equal rights version of it, the feminist version where finally women get a chance to say, wait, this thing dudes have been doing for centuries our turn. Do you guys feel like that's Absolutely. part of what it is? I do, but I do worry that sometimes it's it's one person in the relationship that wants it more, the open relationship more, and I feel like it's usually the guy, and then girls just go along with it. Uh, so they're like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. Really? I don't know. I don't find that I don't to think be the that's case. in every case, but I do... I don't know. I think that I that's like the stigma, though. some of that. But like, I, have, I have a friend who was dating a guy and and she wanted an open relationship but it was actually kind of kind of what you were talking about where she was hooking up with women and then the guy was like okay so we're in an open relationship all right i'm gonna hook up with with a woman and she was like no no (laughs) no and like all of a sudden she got um kind of hypocritical about it but it was her that instigated the open relationship hmm so I don't know. I think it. I think the stigma is that it's usually men, but I think that's because it gives like women maybe a bad stigma, or they, you know, people are like, oh, they're slutty, or it like, you know, your relationship's not as solid as we think, and you know, I don't know. Right. You know, oftentimes well, people get bored in relationships. We talked about that earlier, and this is a way to keep it stimulating and exciting. The the key piece is is own your stuff. That's another thing you asked. What would be the one thing you'd say to couples? Another thing I'd say is. Own your stuff, man. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's easy to put it on the other person and to blame them and to see the, that they're the fault. It's much harder to say, well, wait a minute. What did I do here? What's mine in this? Mm-hmm. Right. So like if you were feeling insecure about the idea of an open marriage, then it's on you to be like, it's me. I'm feeling insecure. I got to talk about my insecurities. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if this is working for me. Yeah. Yeah, huh. there you go. Um, another thing I found interesting in the article was that they talked about how open marriages may also made a lot of the people more open sexually. So the uh, um, the author wrote that many of the people she talked to said their open marriage changed the nature of their sexuality. They opened up to role playing or a desire to sleep with someone of the same sex that they were maybe not open to prior. You know, it reminds me. Can I just jump in on this one? Oh, please. It. I was thinking a couple months ago, there were two podcasts that did uh, episodes on porn. And one, of the, I listened to both and I was fascinated because I thought, oh God, porn. And they had people call in. And the thing that struck me the most was that people loved it. They learned so much. It wasn't this offensive thing of, of abusing women. It was like their first understanding of what it mean meant to have sex it was this incredible thing they were so grateful oh wow so maybe that that relates to this a little yeah, bit yeah yeah I think yeah so. there's definitely an element of like learning some new tricks yeah <laughs> to take home with you what would you do if ian said he wanted to have an open relationship <laughs> I Ooh, mean, hot seat i think that i love putting her in the hot seat <laughs> i just feel like she's blushing. the idea of it I, I know i have a terrible poker face um <laughs> the idea, i'm not like offended charming. by the idea of it thank you but like i'd be like what what is bringing this on what is like there's something wrong mm. maybe see that's my thing i'm owning my thing maybe there's something wrong with me but i'd be like what's wrong with our relationship that you're feeling this way that's normal you know, like, why do you need to go outside of this? Even though, like, like we talked about in a previous podcast, like me having a work crush and being like, mm, what could be, what could have been, yeah, so, like that would mean I could pursue that. But like, I still, I don't know, I wouldn't be excited about it because I'd be like, what's wrong? With, what's wrong with our relationship? Yeah, you'd want to pursue it, but you wouldn't want Ian to be able to pursue it, right? Basically, yeah. No, I get that. I'm, I'd be a hypocrite too. I think, right? Would you? Yeah, I think so. What about having like a unicorn? Uh, a unicorn. So a unicorn for you listeners that didn't listen to our unicorn podcast is 
is a woman that dates a heterosexual couple right, right. so mm-hmm. you'd both be with her you'd bo- i don't know if i really would want to do like a threesome really i would i would want all the attention i i would get <laughs> in my head i don't know yeah i think you and i are not cut out for that life yeah i don't i don't think so like i would want another guy <laughs> oh yeah okay <laughs> well there that's how we're yeah, different there's a start that's, that yeah. is how we're different <laughs> all right i'm going to send this episode to ian um okay all right we're about to jump into the mailbox but first let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors all right angela what do we have in the mailbox for andy to help us answer okay first up we have a question from a listener who came up with a great anonymous name uh her name is Jolly Rancher Farmer. Great. So hi, girl. Love it. Hi, Jolly. She uh, she says she learned to masturbate at a very young age. And uh, this is what she writes. Since then, I have lost my sex drive now, and it does actually affect my relationship. He is horny all the time, and I am not in the mood. He gets upset thinking I am not sexually attracted to him, but I don't find sex enjoyable. I do say yes to sex just to make him happy, but overall, it really does nothing for me, and it has caused a strain in our relationship. What should I do? We have talked about it, and I want to compromise, but I don't know how. He asks to have sex every time we see each other. I actually dread going over sometimes because I just want to cuddle. Sorry for the long story. Just want to help my relationship because I do love him very much. Oh my God, downward spiral. The more he wants sex, the more she's turned off, and then she checks out, and he gets frustrated, and he wants more sex, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, she seems to think that masturbating at a very young age, like I guess she started when she was like a kid. Like she peaked. Yeah, she she thinks that affects her, but I don't know. I can't psychoanalyze that. That's very normal. Right? Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Kids find pleasure spots on their body and respond to those pleasure spots. like. She threw that in, but maybe that was about the fact that it used to turn her on and now it doesn't. Perhaps. But, you know, I, I the title of your show, This Is Why You're Single, I want to say to the dude, yo, brother, like, ask some questions, like, talk to her, be curious what's going on for her, have a dialogue, talk while you're getting naked, like, what's happening? She's shutting down. And it doesn't sound like he's that interested. He's more interested in hooking up. Does he care about her mind and her soul as much as he cares about her clit? Yeah. I find that people yeah. people in general, everybody has a different sex drive. Like I talk to some friends, uh, they'd love to have sex like two, three times a day. And then other people once a week, some people once a month. We talk so much about compatibility in terms of your personality, but I feel like very little do we talk about whether sex drive is compatible and it's usually something you don't find out till later on down the road because in the beginning of a relationship like you're excited you see somebody and like by the time you have sex you're like you maybe have it like every time you see each other in the beginning but then you know do you think it's important to for people's sex drive to be compatible for a long-lasting relationship or is that something that can be talked through like for this woman i think it's going to ebb and flow and that's very normal but Sex means something. It's not just about the sex itself. It's about like what's going on. So I would, I'd guess that oftentimes what happens in the bedroom is mirrored on some level and what happens in the relationship. So I'm wondering like how curious is he about her mm-hmm. and how much does she reveal herself to him? How vulnerable is she willing to get with him? Not just about sex, but about who she is and what so she So the drive needs. doesn't really matter, you're saying? It's really like, what does sex represent? It, the drive does matter, but what's more important is what does sex represent? That's interesting. Right. I've never heard it talked about that so, way. So like, what could be lacking there is maybe that's what's affecting her drive. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Oh, so they need to work out their emotional issues and then maybe she'll... Be more turned on and right. interested to get right. close it's hard, and intimate It's with hard him. to be like turned on by somebody that you have some kind of issue with or and the way it sounds i mean she loves him so i'm sure they've they they must have something special there but the fact that she's that she's you know doesn't want to go over there it must mean kind of like what andy's saying i'm sure she feels a little maybe objectified like she walks into the room and he's like clawing at her clothes and she maybe 
maybe is feeling like, do you care about who I am as a person? Why aren't you trying to talk about my day and like know who I am as a human? And she probably feels maybe a little objectified, which is making her turned off in that way. I wonder what's happening for her when they're actually having sex. What where is she going? Is she checking out or is she right. present? And he's not noticing. And he's not noticing. She's checking out. Because it sounds like she's really not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he so. should notice. I remember one time I just like was in the mood and we had started to kind of. And like within the first two minutes, Nick's like, you're not here with me, are you? And I was like, uh, I don't, he's like, you're, you've checked out. And I was like, no, no, this is great. This is great. And he was like, no, let's do another time. And like he was so tuned in with me and like where my head was at, he could like sense that I, for whatever reason, wasn't in the mood and that whatever had happened like that day. And it sounds like her boyfriend is not doing that, is not in tune with her so much that he's not sensing that she's checked out or even worse, doesn't care. Right. And the and for her part too, right? Cuz it is a relationship. How much is she speaking up about what's really going on? And oftentimes we don't know. It's not like we can say, "Okay. <clears throat> so here's the deal." But so often all we notice is like, "I don't know, something's not right." And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like something feels off. And that's the beginning. And then from that, if he's curious and she reveals, then you can get to the issue underneath it. Interesting. Well, let us know what happens, and I hope that they can kind of communicate and talk that shit through. Me too. Amen. Have some sex. All right. Yeah, exactly. What else we have? This one's a long one. Yeah, this is a kind of long one. This is from our listener, Rose. Um, This is what Rose is going through. She says, Oh, this is a funny one. Yeah, I kind of love this question. Rose says, So I'm sure you're aware of the rule of when a couple watches a new show together, one cannot watch ahead of another because the whole experience is watching an episode together for the first time and getting genuine reactions, been, right? Been, it's called a TV cheating. Right. It's very serious. It is. Big issue. Um, she says she's a ga- graduate student of 23 living in Pennsylvania. She met an older man who's 30 who lives in England recently through a gaming website last fall. Um, they're pretty close now, becoming flirty, but also close friends. She says we're still waiting things out and keeping things as they are before going full long distance relationship. But I really like him. Here's the issue I'm having. I begged him to watch the movie Sausage Party with me. (laughs) A movie I still have yet to see. Me too, but it looks really mm, funny. I'm interested. (laughs) I'm interested. Um, Okay, so she says... A lot of good comedians worked on that movie. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Your your crush. I love him. Yeah. But she begged him to watch Sausage Party with her because she knew he would love it. She says, I had just bought it on iTunes. He said he would get it sometime so we could watch it together. We sync up the movie at the same time and talk to each other via video game headset, usually. That's what they do. Um, So I'm at school doing my on-campus internship, and I get texts from him that he had got it. I was so happy. Then he starts quoting the movie. I tell him not to spoil himself till I'm there to watch it with him. He says, you will, but fuck no, I'm not going to watch what... Uh, wait 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 but fuck no if i'm not gonna watch what i bought i'm not gonna watch what i bought yeah uh so to make up for it he texts me his reactions as he's watching it for the first time i explained to him that i felt semi-betrayed and was looking forward to watching it with him for the first time but he just says he'll still watch it with me later in the week he continues to send me texts and some voice reactions of the movie I love this is like so specific, but I'm really loving it. This is like this is kind of what we talked about earlier, how we're like, oh, you know, big fights are usually not like necessarily fundamental things. They're like the small things. And this is like the perfect example of this. That to a T. Just so you guys know, we have a whole nother paragraph for this question. (laughs) Uh, But can I just say like how annoying, like if you're at school and somebody's just texting you their reactions to a movie that you're not watching, like that doesn't make up for you movie cheating on me. No, no, that's actually awful. She she hasn't seen it yet. No, she hasn't seen it. I I actually think she did see it because she says I knew he would love it. So I'm, unclear no no i think she just knows his sense of humor all right well she uh, had not seen it i'm we'll positive assume she hasn't seen it all right what else does she have to say she this says, is this is a big deal she says i'm still pretty salty about this since i was begging him to see this with me and he just decides to just watch it anyway without me his excuse is that he has a right to watch what he paid for whenever he wants i don't want to blow this situation out of proportion and make a big deal out of a mu- movie viewing but how can i explain it to him in a way that he'll understand movies and 
and TV shows are a big interest and hobby of mine, so maybe that's why I'm taking it more personally. I might be more upset than he, that he's glossed over my feelings about the situation since he is still currently watching the movie without me, and I'm annoyed that he didn't wait for me. He's normally very good about being considerate of my feelings, apologizing often, and showers me with compliments and praise. It's not breakup worthy by all means, but am I overreaching or reacting? Love Rose. Love Rose. I love that she was like, he is still currently watching the movie without me. I can just she's see, writing to like, us as it's happening. As he's watching, she's like, Oh fuck this. I'm about to I'm a, I'm gonna write into this is why you're single and like I'm gonna figure out how to deal with this. This right. is not cool. You know, I can relate to Rose because I had like this long term guy that I used to talk to. I, I wouldn't even call it like a relationship, but it was I don't know, it was like six months where he lived far away in like another state. We met, he was visiting his cousin who I went to high school with. So this is like in high school. And we would talk all the time and this is what we would do. We would watch movies together and we would put our phones on speaker and watch like Shawshank Redemption together. And it was like it was it really meant a lot. We would sync up the movies and watch it together. So I've done this, Rose. I've done this. All right. But Andy, what do you think? Well, you know, so they are long distance, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so time together is sparse. So Rose has a point. We, we, <laughs> we interviewed a couple and they have couple court with another couple and where they bring these kinds of issues to the other couple <laughs> and the other couple decide. So I was thinking about that. I love that. When I said, yeah. Rose, you win. <laughs> he should It sounds have, so small. You're like, oh, yeah. Rose shouldn't get mad. Who cares? Who cares? On the outside. But then you look, you're like, no, Rose, this is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's also really annoying is that he's totally missing the point. He's like, I paid for it. I could watch it whenever yeah. I want. That's this isn't a legal argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's you can a, watch whatever you want. That's not the point at all, dude. Yeah. The key piece for Rose is the, not to back down and to, <laughs> really and to know that this is important to her right so it doesn't mean she comes with both guns blazing and fired up but but don't oftentimes we have a reaction to something and then we judge ourselves for our reaction like oh god i guess i'm making a big deal of it no rose you're not it's especially when people are so dismissive then you really start to question yourself you're like am i crazy yeah so anyway now you have two issues you have one that you are watching it without me and two you're not hearing me as I talk about how important it is to me. Mm-hmm. So he's compounding the problem there. Hang in there, buddy. Don't <laughs> don't dig yourself more of a hole. So her feelings are valid, but what should she say? What should she do next? Uh, this is important to me. We don't spend much time together, and this is one way we can hang out together. And I don't want you to make my feelings wrong. Like work with me, okay? You know, have some empathy and compassion for what I'm experiencing. I'm not trying to, you know, get angry at you and make you wrong. I'm just, I want us to hang out more. And this is one way I like to hang out. Has Ian ever TV cheated on you? He, I love that you guys take every issue and, and talk about your own, own relationship. Oh, I sure. love that. Uh, oh, we lay it all on the table. So well, good. it's not fair for us to like, yeah. you know, talk about other, other people's, people's other people's yours. relationship if we're not gonna if we're not gonna include ourselves. Right. You it know? goes back to that issue of thinking everybody else's relationship is perfect. Yeah, and it's our, so our relationships are not perfect. It's so easy to talk about others' relationship problems and be like, oh, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, so yes, Ian has TV cheated on me, but I have a tendency to fall asleep while we're watching <laughs> stuff. So it was like not really his fault. He just like yeah, he kept just watching. kept going. He kept He's going TV when cheating, he stopped. And you're right there <laughs> yes. asleep. We basically had, yeah, we had a TV open relationship. Yeah, it was a TV three way. Oh my god, it's so crazy because we always joke that. That Angela's just like Nick and I'm a lot like Ian in our real, at least yeah. in our relationship. There's that cross pollination. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Nick falls, has been falling asleep a lot lately when we've been watching shows and he's We're very tired. Yeah. He's very nice about it. Like he'll be like, Oh, you, you can keep going. Uh, but then when we want to watch it, the next time he's like oh but i didn't see the last episode i'm like you that's on you to catch up like on uh-huh. your on your own time that's an interesting <laughs> point right because if you did watch ahead or you know i was watching when you fell asleep it, it, you've got to get catch back up right? on your own time i'm not i don't want to watch the episode again right but right. see no uh-oh <laughs> what because when the shoe is on the other foot and i'm watching tv if it's like a show that we have together if it's like our thing I'm like, no, I don't want to watch this without Ian. I would, I would never. I want to have that experience together. Yeah, but that's 
That, it's I, easy to say that when you fall asleep so easily. It's like yeah. we just started watching him. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, he's asleep, and we were planning to binge watch three episodes. Like, come on. You know what I d- I've done in that because my wife is the faller asleeper in this <laughs> scenario. I just flip to something else. I'm like, all right, we yeah. can't watch that together. So let me watch something else. My problem is I don't know how to work the remotes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's valid. That's- Nick's laughing. I, I literally have to wake him up to turn it off. I like it's a we have a very complicated setup. Uh, that's a nice codependency there. Yeah, right. You need his remote yeah. skills. Uh, if you guys want your listener questions answered or if you have funny text messages from an app you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website, thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is how to survive monogamy. Yeah, which we were kind of talking about earlier with you, best relationship advice, worst relationship advice. But overall, Andy, how does one survive monogamy in today's world? It's not easy. And own when you're titillated or own when you feel the urge rather than repressing it and being like, oh, God, that's bad. I want to be monogamous. I can't even go there notice like oh my god i'm i'm really attracted to like your work crush i love that that's a way of being like and then ask yourself like what what, what's coming alive in me that i'm turned on to this person always bring it back to yourself because you're being motivated something's happening inside you and own that it in the end it's not about that other person it's about you and then bring that to your own relationship I like that. So what does work guy inspire in you? I don't that- know. I barely know him. He's just cute. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's just hot. Yeah, we were at a comedy show the other day. There was uh should I say who the actor was that you were like? Sure. If he hears and wants to get John Reynolds, right? John, John Reynolds. Yeah. John Reynolds. And like we were watching it and I look over Angela and her face is <laughs> flushed. And like the sh- comedy show ends and she's like, he awakened something sexual within me that I didn't know that I had. Like she nice. was like, yeah, sh- like all of a sudden she's like, I just had and a sexual awakening. If only you guys could have seen the show because it was not sexy at all. I know. Was like spilling beer all over himself but, but i got you know it what? it did it for me i was like i got it like i i was into it too like he he had a presence so yeah. let me just ask what was it was he being goofy was he being self-effacing was he like yes what was but it like but i'm clearly attracted to that because it was my like boyfriend ner- is very goofy and yeah and it was like a nerdy kind of way it wasn't like he wasn't like a broy kind of guy yeah but he was like yeah very like he didn't mind making fun of himself and I don't know. He was just being really funny. I don't know. Yeah. We're both like, also, we're both like also comedy. Also again, so. really hot though. But also really hot. Yeah. <laughs> a nice combination. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> but Angela, I mean, like I was like, oh yeah, he's a good looking guy. But Angela was like, can we cast him in our show? If we ever get a show? And I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> but he can't play your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I do think too often dudes try and be like, yo, how you doing? What's up? You know, and try to play that cool thing. And after a while, it gets old. Women don't want that. Yeah, they we're want... not into that at yeah, all. Yeah, no, never, yeah. ever, ever. Yeah. But I think we also have a very specific type. Like, there's certain right. guys that I've tried to set my friends up with, and they're just like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah, Angela and I are into, like, the sexy nerd kind of with a sense of humor. Yes. Guys that don't mind making fun of themselves and like to make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys are having their moment right now. They are, right? Maybe they're all getting a little cocky. Yeah, I, I I like what you're saying, Andy. Though going back to surviving monogamy, I like how you're you're saying like don't repress those feelings, like own those feelings when you have them, because I think we all kind of have that. We're like, oh, I I would want to kiss this person, but you don't. You don't act on it, but you own that feeling, right? Right. Right. And yeah, that- and it's a difference between a feeling and an action. It doesn't mean you go up and say. Andy said on This Is Why You're Single Show that I should go make out with you. Just own the feeling itself. Own the right. feeling. Don't don't act on it. And it doesn't mean that there or doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with your relationship. It's just totally normal. Nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with your relationship. But a big part of this is don't shame yourself. Own all of who you are. Oftentimes we try so hard to bring the good part of us to the relationship. Like, don't see this stuff over here. Just see this good stuff here. And, you know, when trust builds, you get to be free to all of who you are. 
I love that. We do so much self-hating. We got to stop we it. Do. Oh, as human beings, if I knew if I if I let out all the self-hating that I, that goes on in my head, yeah, no one would want to talk to me. It's no, no fun. Uh, but it's a mix of like I flip between like insane confidence mixed with self-hate. It's very interesting. Yeah. Human brains are crazy. I, I think I organ. kind of do it the same way. We're manic. We're a little manic. Yeah. All right. On that note, it is time for our Reason of the Week Breakdown. We learn a lot about monogamy from pop culture growing up. We are going to test Andy's knowledge about film relationships in a game we call Movie, Movie Monogamy. Monogamy. Ooh. Are you ready to play? Oh, God. I hope I do, know Do you know movies. a lot of movies? Or are you movie uh, guy? No, we'll yeah. give you some hints. All right. All right, well, yeah. We are going to read you a quote about relationships and monogamy. Um, and then you have to guess what movie it's from. You ready to play? And you I can love also, rom-coms. You can tell us if you think it's good advice or not. Okay. Also. Oh, good. Sure. Good. good. Um, uh, should I go first? Take it okay. away. All right. I would rather share one lifetime with you than face all the ages of this world alone. Wow. I know. No clue. Okay. We'll give you a hint. It's like, um, like a myth, like a mystical movie yes the uh, person saying this has pointy ears there was there was the multi- hobbit you're so close yeah lord, lord of, of the rings lord of the rings bingo it was arwen that said arwen, this yes, yeah I think. was arwen a, a hobbit no i think anyone Liv tyler Liv tyler was arwen oh oh she oh, was like a she was beautiful elf princess or something okay next up there's a long one it was a million tiny little things that when you added them all up they meant we were supposed to be together and i knew it I knew it the very first time I touched her. It was like coming home, only to no home I'd ever known. I was just taking her hand to help her out of a car, and I knew it was like magic. Classic movie, Meg Ryan. Oh. Tom Hanks. (laughs) Sleepless. Sleepless in Seattle. You know, I just got to jump in on that movie. This is part of the problem is that they, <laughs> they never see each other in the whole movie. I know. We How just, can you have a romance when they never even see each other? That's a theme with their movies. There's also You've Got Mail. I know. Another they fall in love. Uh, beautiful movie. Their email. Okay, next quote. I think anybody who falls in love is a freak. It's a crazy thing to do. It's kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. Oh, my God. Okay, your hint is phone in a pocket. That's all you get. Good hint, Laura. Really? It is actually. Phone in a pocket. Phone in a front pocket, like um kind of pastel-y looking like a look like you put an Instagram filter over the whole movie. Uh the movie is a uh I don't I don't know, it's my not mind's a, going blank. A noun for a woman. Now another noun a synonym for woman. She- Close. You're so close. Her. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. That wasn't. Phone in oh the pocket. Oh, my God. The phone was the girl in the relationship. Yes. That was Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. I feel like that was kind of a, like a mind meld of a movie. It was very upsetting. Upsetting? Well, I mean, oh, my I, God. I, felt, I loved that I movie. I was so yeah, was sad. Good. I felt so sad. That was one of my favorite movies. I think that should have won Oscar for best movie. But it didn't. I don't remember what else won, but it was a good movie. I agree. Uh, your turn, Laura. Um, people call these things imperfections, but they're not. That's the good stuff. Then we get to choose who we will let into our weird little worlds. But the question is whether or not you're perfect. Is whether or not you're perfect for each other. That's the whole deal. That's what intimacy is about. Being perfect for each other. Um. Okay. Your hint is. Uh, how about them apples? How you like them apples? How you like them apples? Oh God! I got part of the problem with having a nine-year-old and an eleven-year-old is like the number of times I've watched movies in the last <laughs> eleven years. Okay, well, this came out I think eleven years ago. Uh, they <laughs> it was a best friend duo that won the Oscar for best screenplay. It takes place in the, Massachusetts. One of the oh, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Close enough. And um. His buddy, Ben Affleck, the, Ben the Affleck, one. who's trying to figure out whether they're in the relationship together. If it's not bad, it's Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Great job. <laughs> All right. 
You know what I remember about that? I'm being very generous. You are. You are. Thank you for (laughs) the bells. You're winning. But you remember that scene in Goodwill Hunting where he's in therapy and he's talking about what's going on with... uh, Is that Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, who's the therapist? Robin Williams. Robin Williams Mm -hmm. says, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And he keeps repeating it. And Matt Damon like breaks down and starts crying. Interesting move. Yeah, a very powerful scene. But I will say that whenever me and my boyfriend are fighting and we want to end it, we say, It's not your fault, Will. It's not your fault, Will. And that's your way of ending it? I love that. It depends. (laughs) But it's something we say often to each other. That's great. (laughs) When one of us is upset about something. That's great. Um, All right, Angela, what do we have next? All right. Marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. Oh, my God. I don't think that's true. What a line. (laughs) <laughs> uh okay um give me a hint. uh, uh snl a snl yeah. snl skit turned into a movie to like kind of one of the words is a synonym for a planet stars oh. you like to play air drums a lot i uh, the first first word it rhymes with uh kind of like spain main yeah plane it rhymes more with main actually than spain um <laughs> Same. All right. You're not getting this one, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World. Wayne, Wayne's World. Okay, ready? All right. Marriage is like a tense, unfunny version of Everybody Loves Raymond, only it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. <laughs> I like that one. Judd Apatow movie <laughs> with Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Who and, I believe says that line. Who is the woman? Pineapple Express. Good guess. Close. Oh. <laughs> Knocked up. Oh, no. That's, what's her name? The, uh, Catherine Heigl. Yeah, Catherine, Catherine Heigl. Heigl. Man. The most loved actress, beloved actress in all of Hollywood. Just kidding. Um, all right. We got two more for you, Andy. Come on. Oh you can make a comeback. Yeah, you really can. I don't know if you've <sighs> seen this deep. one, though, because it came out in the last... <laughs> You probably have not seen it. It was an indie movie and I loved it. So I put this in here. (laughs) Okay. It's a party and you're both talking to other people and you're laughing and shining and you look across the room and catch each other's eyes because that is your person in this life. It's this secret world that exists right there in public unnoticed that no one else knows about. Whoa. Do they get together? Uh, No. Oh. Unrequited love. Unrequited love. All right, I'm going to go ahead and buzz you. Yeah, buzz the, the Jesus out Because that's me. Francis from Francis Hall, which was such a beautiful movie. You guys uh, have to see it. Um, Nick, have you seen it? It's in black he and white. It. Oh, it's just such a good movie. Um, who's the director in that? I'm going to look it up. Noah right Baumbach. Noah Baumbach. Boom. Oh, I love it. And then... Um, All right, I'm going to watch that one. That sounds worthy. Greta, Ger- Greta Gerwig is the star. I love Greta. Greta Gerwig can do no wrong in my in my eyes. I love her. Um, all right, last one, Andy. This, all right. You got this. Drum roll. We both said I do, and we haven't agreed on a single thing since. <laughs> That's a great quote, right? That is a great quote. This is a movie that I saw when I was like a kid. Like I had to have been like 12, this maybe. This is like one of my favorite 90s movies. Yeah, it's like classic 90s movie. Uh, it came out in 1993. It's considered a cult movie. Oh, God. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, who, who's in this movie? Mike Myers. Mike? Two Mike Myers oh. movies on our list. Oh what, wow! Where were our heads at? Mike Myers and uh, he played and Harriet. Oh no, Nancy Travis is the ingenue. Yes, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, great cameo from Phil Hartman. Yeah, uh, it is. We'll say it together. How uh, so? so I, I married, married an, an axe murderer. murderer. Oh. So you're going to go ahead and get the get buzzer. Get it. You, you were on a roll at the beginning. I was. Yeah. Slowed down. Um, well, wow. anyways, a lot of a lot of fun quotes. Yeah. And you can incorporate them into your your sessions with folks, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the thing to learn is, uh, you know, don't learn about monogamy from pop culture. I think so. <laughs> well, and it, too often, that's where we get it from. It's true. Like. You know, I saw it in the movie because we're not talking about it. So it's like there. Exactly. Guys, we hope we have cleared up this week's reason of the week. That is it for this week. So this is why you're single podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Andy Horning. 
Listen to his podcast, Elephant Talk on iTunes. Follow him on Twitter at Elephant Talk Pod and Instagram at Elephant Talk Podcast. Curious, I didn't ask you this earlier. How did you come up with the name Elephant Talk? Well, you know, too often uh, couples, speaking of monogamy, like so the affair happens, there's breakdown or cancer happens, and then they have the great conversation that had been starving to happen earlier on. And so at Elephant Talk, we're like, let's name the elephant in the room oh. and let's talk about what it is right there. I thought maybe it had something yeah. to do with like, you know, elephants are very highly evolved animals. And like, I was like, are elephants monogamous? I was thinking that too. Are they <laughs> like penguins? I love, I love your reason. Or swans. Yeah. yeah. I love your reason life. way better. Like, na- let's name the elephant in the room. That's and such a cool title. Let's get awkward. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so guys, check out his podcast. Any other plugs we should tell people about? No, that's good. Thank you guys. I love your show. Thanks for your good work. Thanks. We love your show we love you uh also check out our book we're gonna do our own plugs it's available on amazon barnes noble we've got an audiobook available on audible yes and we also have some social media channels so you can follow us on instagram and twitter at your single show make sure to like and subscribe to us on itunes thank you guys so much for listening thank you andy tune in next week for a whole new show bye bye This is why you're single. 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 That was a headgum podcast.